Wally, did you say that if any of us needed it, uh, we could go back and have a good cry in the cry room? I, I think I might just do that now. <laughs> we just sang of heaven a little bit in the song that was selected for us. The sermon this morning is going to largely relate to how do we ensure that indeed we end up in heaven. There is a quality that we must have, and that is simply being holy. We're going to talk about that at some length, and we're going to use a song to uh, springboard to that. Men named William Dunn Longstaff was born on November 26th of 1822 in Sunderland, England. Can you hear me okay, Scotty? Okay, good. He was a businessman. He was a son of a wealthy English ship owner. Longstaff was 38 when he married Joyce, who was 33. He was widowed at the age of 58. In the early 1880s, Longstaff wrote a poem that was set to music and became a hymn called Take Time to Be Holy. I want to read that and just let's just think about what Longstaff says in this piece of poetry poetry that was set to music. Take time to be holy, speak oft with thy Lord. Abide in him always and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children, help those who are weak, forgetting in nothing his blessings to seek. Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus like him thou shalt be, thy friends in thy conduct his likeness shall see. Take time to be holy, let him be thy guide, and run not before him whatever betide. In joy or in sorrow, still follow the Lord, and looking to Jesus, still trust in his word. Take time to be holy, be calm in thy soul. Each thought and each motive beneath his control. Thus led by the Spirit to fountains of love, thou soon shall be fitted for service above. Could you just step back up and lead us in that hymn, please? 619. Take time to be holy. Thank you. 
away from you. I may have accidentally done that. Sorry about that. Like the elders say about me, it's hard to get good help. Our songs are used really for at least two purposes. One is to praise the Lord God Almighty, and the other is to admonish one another and sing in ways that we lead and we instruct and we admonish and we all learn from the concepts that we find in the songs. We've already read Colossians 3.16 just a minute ago, and let me go to Ephesians 5.19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Sharon even knows it by heart, singing and making melody on your heart toward, that's just fine, Sharon, you can go along with it. Um, Let's look very closely at what this beautiful poem that's been set to music says to us. We are to be holy in our conduct. First Peter, he says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy as I am holy. He doesn't say part of your conduct. He says occasionally in your conduct, be holy. He says all of your conduct. And that's kind of hard for most of us because... We, even though we've taken on Christ in baptism, we still have temptations and sins in places where we fall short. But another example here, Romans 6.22, But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. Well, if I've become a slave to God, what does that mean? I've given up whatever it is that Car Conway may want or put your name in there. And instead, I am going to do everything I can 
to hew to what God would want and therefore be holy. There's a number of uh, definitions that I found for holy. And let me just read some of them. Separated from sin and impurity, set apart to God, the complete moral perfection of God, dedicated or devoted to the service of God, one perfect in goodness and righteousness. One I like the best in that is the complete moral perfection of God. God is holy. He cannot tolerate having anyone around him who is not holy. And if we intend someday to be able to worship God and be in heaven and praise him, then we are going to need to learn to be holy ourselves. Let's talk about what this song tells us about being holy. It says, take time to be holy. Well, I kind of had to take issue with that kind of at the start because, you know, when somebody says, uh, well, I don't have time to do that. You know, Dean's sitting back here and he says, uh, uh, I, I ask him, well, can we go for a motorcycle ride today, Dean? And I say, well, I just don't have time for that. Well, I've got the same number of hours in my day as Dean does and as every one of us does. So what am I really saying when I don't have time to, in this silly example, go for a motorcycle ride with Dean Sitton? What I'm really saying is I have other things that are more important to me than doing that. And I think maybe we need to kind of adopt that as our way of thinking about take time to be holy. Make it a priority. Make it the first and top thing that we want to do. You read a verse here. This is James 3, 4, 4, 13 to 14. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We don't know what tomorrow has for us. And so we need to take time to be holy right now and indeed make it a top priority in our lives, not just one of our priorities. Talk more about that in a minute. Holiness must be pursued most earnestly. I was thinking about uh, about an occasion when Carla Jean and I were in Hawaii uh, late in 14, I think it was. We were with some real good friends named Rob and Deb Berry and uh, rode some UTVs. I guess that's an ATV, but you can ride two people abreast in it. And we were riding on this pineapple foundation farm. And uh, Rob and I have always been kind of competitive. He happened to be ahead of us at this one point. But I saw an avenue there where if, if I worked it just right, I could pass him on the right. And I stepped down on the gas on that UTV, and I did everything I could to get around. Unfortunately, I don't think I had enough under the hood, and I think Carla Jean was dragging her foot out the window, and so I didn't get around him. This is a silly example to illustrate how do we pursue being holy. Do we give it everything we've got, or is it just something that 
uh, yeah, we'll come to church every now and then, and we might be a little bit energetic at times, but by and large, uh, we're not going to put a lot of effort into it. And we've already, did we talk some about being slaves? We, I think we did. We've got to give up being what we want to be and instead become what Jesus Christ would want us to be. Our holiness must be perfected. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. It is so easy for us, particularly in our world as we find it now in these United States, to allow ourselves to be contaminated with the evil things that we see constantly in this world. And how do we fight against that? We all have a personal battle against it. I know Satan knows what each of our weak points is. He's got mine pretty well identified and works on me pretty regular with it. But I want to fight to instead be a slave to Jesus Christ. Take time... Here's a point they made here. I used a kind of a canned sermon outline to start my study on this, and they used a phrase in here I really didn't like. Take time to be holy. It needs to be a priority in our lives. We don't need to have holiness as a priority. It has to be the only priority that we have. There is nothing else that approaches in importance what we can be if we become holy in our lives. And it, just, it has to be everything centered around it. There was Coach Lombardi who said, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. And uh, for us, holiness isn't everything, it's the only thing. And until we really get to that point where we can draw nigh to Jesus Christ and do that, now, how do we do that? Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. Prayer. Speak oft with thy Lord. Forgetting in nothing his blessings to seek. And the word of God. Feed on his word, the, the verse says. Are we constantly in the word? Are we studying it? Are we meditating on it? Are we figuring out this is what the Lord Christ Almighty would have us do? The Lord will intercede for us. Our, our time is going to run out very quickly here. We've got a mediator. Christ stands there ready to talk with God in ways that Car Conway or even Rex could not begin to effectively speak to God. But Jesus Christ has been a man as us, and he can speak to God and say, Yeah, uh, my father... Uh, yeah, Car Conway has kind of got some failings and all, but he's really doing his best. And uh, he will mediate and intercede for us in that regard. Spend time with others. Uh, fellowship with other Christians. Very, very important. If we spend time with other Christians here, other places like uh, the singing events that we've had. I know we had one at Chris's and we've had some others too. I think it's really important for us to enjoy being with each other like that. Now, this includes service to our fellow man. I, I want to uh, read a verse here, First Thessalonians 5, 14 to 15. Now, we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, 
Comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is what is good both for yourselves and for all. I've got to digress just a minute here because uh, well, I, you all may be aware of this, but we've got a brother here named Jack Tinker, and Jack may be a little bit unruly at times. But but I'm I am trying to help Jack with that, and Jack, I'm going to keep on trying to help you. I just had to pick on Jack a little bit. I think, although that we become pretty good friends, service for before all for all, and especially for our brethren. Uh, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those that are of the household of faith. Some people have derisively called Christians. Do-gooders. Well, they, they, they do that in uh, disrespect to us, basically. But that's what Jesus Christ would have us do. We are to be do-gooders for, for our brethren and for others so that people can see these people have been influenced by Jesus Christ. And we are a testimony for him. We will be blessed if we have inner peace and happiness. And we will guard our hearts through and minds through Christ Jesus. Meditate frequently upon his word. How often are we in the scripture? How often are we studying, meditating, taking quiet time to to try to be Christ-like? Each thought and each motive beneath his control. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I know that we have the power of Christ and the power of holiness in order to be the people that we should be. Increasing, led by His Spirit, the fountains of love. We're going to come to love one another and have those attributes that Jesus Christ would have us to have. And all of this comes by by becoming holy. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. This is all, these are all characteristics of our becoming holy and what we will be. The ultimate goal of our discipleship is to become more Christ-like. And we're going to, uh, we're going to note that In the Acts 4.13 is where this is. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. I would hope that for every one of us that we, when we're out in the world, that people can see there's something different about us and that that thing that's different makes it clear that, yes, we've been with Jesus because we conduct ourselves as we should. The ultimate effect of all this, as uh, the poet said, thou soon shall be fitted for service above. Someday we're going to all serve God in heaven. We're going to sit there before his throne and in order to get there and do that, we must become holy. I cannot overemphasize, I cannot overstate the necessity that we 
learn how to be holy. Very difficult, but I believe we can do it. We'll serve God in heaven. We'll be there. We'll be worshiping him. And indeed, we will be fitted for service above. Now, I want to uh, say three things in conclusion this morning. Three points. Number one, becoming a holy person is intentional. We have to work at it. When God says to be holy, he has put the ball in our court. God is holy. If we want to be with God for eternity, we must each become holy. And I ask you, have, are we taking time, indeed making time, and setting as our top priority to spend time alone with God in prayer and the Word? Are we making it a priority to spend time with others in fellowship and in service? Do we do things to help our brethren and indeed people of the world so that those people in the world can look at us and say, these people have been with Jesus and we can tell their lives are different because of that. May this song, Take Time to Be Holy, always remind us of the need to give top, not a priority, but a top priority. There's nothing else even close in our lives. And time to those things so crucial to our spiritual happiness and growth. The ultimate effect of all of this is that we will be fitted for service above. That's where we're hoping to end up. And if we're going to be with God, we must be holy. It must be our absolute top priority. Second point. In a few more minutes, we will partake of the Lord's Supper. We'll be up here in just about five minutes probably. As we go through this communion service, let's try to make a, a concentrated effort to be holy and to really commune with our Lord and Savior as we go through that communion service. And the last thing that I want to say, this is kind of by way of uh, invitation. <laughs> Let me give you a very mundane example. Um, about a week and a half ago, I was out on our little acreage with my little yard tractor, and I was cleaning up a burn pile, indeed one that had been burned, and it was basically a pile of dust and dirt and ashes and soot. And I don't know what all was in there, but it was uh, terribly, I got, got really, really dirty, un unbeknownst to me. I walked back into the house, and Carla Jean looks at me. She says, Car, it is straight off to the shower with you. And I said, what's the matter, darling? And she says, come look at this mirror. And uh, I did. I looked a little like a raccoon with uh, the eyes. It was all black around my face, and my arms were black. And, well, I guess I am a little bit soiled. And so here's the important point that we're getting to. <clears throat> she told me to get in the shower. I got in that shower. The water washed that black soot and ash and all of that off of me, along with a little bit of soap, so that after I washed up good, I was clean, I was acceptable, I was no longer filthy, dirty. 
for anybody that we might have here today who has not put on their Lord in baptism. The water of baptism, which we have right over here, symbolizing the blood of Christ. If you feel like that your life, you are just black with sin because of the things that you've been and done, and all of us were like this before we indeed put on the the, uh, blood of Christ, please think about it today and think about Take time and take priority today to put on Jesus Christ in that watery grave of baptism. And just as I washed away that terrible dust and dirt and soot from my physical body, the Lord God Almighty will wash the sins that blacken your life from you. If we can be of any service to you, please come forward during the next song. Chris?